Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Jeff Grammer with the Albuquerque Journal. I appreciate you tuning into my next podcast, my latest podcast of the Talking Grammar podcast, and this will be episode number six. And in this episode, uh, a little different than some of the past episodes of the podcast I've done. I don't have any current Lobo basketball player or Lobo basketball coach or staff member. I have actually have two guests, two different interviews I did. And the first one will be with former NBA All-Star, former Lobo basketball great and current CBS Sports Network personality, Danny Granger. And the second part of my podcast, and, and I thank you guys for indulging me on doing something like this, just having a little fun with it. But I have the other talking grammar of Albuquerque, my eight-year-old daughter, Jaden Grammar. And I talked to her about how she's beating me. She is beating her dad right now and picking college basketball games. I I do this for a living. I should have some sort of some level of expertise at this. And I I'm actually doing pretty good. I, uh, I pick games before on Twitter, on social media. Those that follow me know this. They, I call them the, the grammar's guesses. And I've been doing it for a couple seasons now. I'm doing pretty good this year. But I thought just to kind of show how wild and crazy this whole thing is and, and how nobody really, really knows how to pick games that much, even as much of an expert as we think we are, I thought it'd be fun to play along with a coin this year. And my daughter gets a coin and, and flips it just to pick a game. I thought by the end of the year, you know, the coin should be about 50-50. But no, she's beating me. And uh, she actually would be making a ton of money if we were actually betting games in Vegas and heading into the last weekend of Mountain West regular season play. Her record against the Vegas point spread is 56-35-3. and And that's four games better than me at 52, 39 and three. So I have a little fun with that. Have my daughter on the podcast talk. uh, She she gets to talk a little trash to her dad about beating me and uh, also a couple other things. So ironically, uh, the the life of a college basketball reporter is I didn't have time to record the podcast with my daughter while I was actually in person with her. So I interview my daughter, who I live with, obviously, and I interview her from a hotel room in in Denver over the phone while she was back home here in Albuquerque because I was on the road. So that's the second part of this podcast. The first part of this podcast is uh, I talk with Danny Granger and Danny, obviously the former Lobo great has a lot of interesting stories to tell about his time in Albuquerque and at UNM. He was a, a college teammate of David Coyote, who is now on the Lobo basketball staff. Very good friends with, with David talks about some of their battles back in college when they would go at it. And he also is uh he went to Bradley. Those that forget um, will remember now that he went two years to Bradley, then transferred to UNM and a senior star of that Bradley team the year before the year Danny was recruited there. And then he became a freshman after this guy left, but it's uh, Jerome Robinson, the Lobo assistant coach now. So the two know each other well and have, have stayed, stayed close since then. And so he knows Jerome Robinson, he knows David Coyote, and he's also good friends with Brandon Mason, the former Aggie who's now on the Lobo staff. And uh, he talks about his relationships with all three of them. Also talks about the the big topic in college basketball right now, the FBI probe and his hopes that that brings some good reform. He's he's optimistic that the uh, the future of college basketball could be fixed by what's going on right now and takes a very pro player stance. Talks about his time in college when he couldn't afford McDonald's some days and everyone around him seemed to be getting rich off of the sport he was playing. And and uh, he remembers he couldn't afford McDonald's. So interesting talk with Danny. And uh, certainly with the timing of the Mountain West tournament next week, I thought it'd be a good time to get him on the podcast. So 
Here you go, uh, two guests. First one's going to be Danny Granger. Second one's going to be a little fun I had with my daughter. Um, and we'll start off with Danny Granger. Here's my conversation with former NBA All-Star, former Lobo great, and current CBS Sports Network personality, Danny Granger. All right, so Danny, you're, I know you're in New York. You just told me you're in New York doing some CBS stuff. And uh, I kind of wanted to touch base with you before the Mountain West Tournament. Um about a few things. First, I want to talk about your CBS work, though, man. What? How are you enjoying that? Uh, I'm doing it. I'm doing enjoying it a lot. Uh, college basketball it is a lot of fun. It's always been uh, fun to talk about, fun to discuss. I've always followed it, so um, it's been a, it's been a good experience. I'm in my third year of doing it. I know I talked to you a year ago when you got to do some, you know, actual game analysis in the pit, and I know you enjoyed coming coming back to Albuquerque, and they honored you at halftime, all that good stuff. Um, is is that something you might do again, or you like the studio work a little better? I, I like I like them both. The studio work is a little more uh, uh, easier on my travel schedule. Yeah. I don't know where I'm going, what city I'm going to. It's only the same city, whereas if I got to go out on the road you know, to do color, it's just a, a little more unpredictable because we're going to multiple different cities. So it's just a matter of uh, getting a feel for it. I like doing both, though. I know it's not exactly the same kind of team setup as a, a basketball team or something like that, but we were just talking a little bit before we started this about some of the guys you work with. I mean, mostly they're basketball players, I know, but you also got John Rothstein, you got Gary Parrish. How is it working with that team of guys? How, how do you like the guys you work with there? Well, it's, it's great because it brings a totally different dynamic uh, to the college analyst uh, position because those guys, they're kind of insiders. Yeah. Uh, they know all the coaches everything that's going on behind the scenes as I'm more of a uh, basketball critique you know I'm looking more at um, the players uh, how they play how the coaching styles uh, defensive changes so it's, it's just a, a completely different uh, approach that each one of us brings to the, to the panel alright so I, I've met Gary um, I don't know John I know John loves his restaurants and all that stuff I've met Gary as a journalist um, who talks the most trash the basketball players or the journalists Oh, the basketball players, of course. They talk more trash, or do, do they? Does Gary try and talk some trash and uh, just can't keep he up? Does. Or he, he, he try, he try, you know. But we all have a very fun relationship. Uh, obviously, the former basketball players about twice the size of all the analysts. <laughs> yeah. on to some, some Lobo stuff, um, just since I do have you on, and it is the biggest story, I, I do want to ask you, what, in general, what, what's your big overtake, and, or I guess takeaway from what's going on with college basketball right now, and the FBI stuff like that, I know we don't know all the facts of all this stuff, but just in general, what does it make you feel like to know that your sport, you know, the sport you cover and you played, um, is kind of going through what it's going through right now? Right. If, uh, if the speed limit is 60 and you're going 
you know, 58 miles an hour, you're, you're within the law. But if they change it to 55, now, you, now you're a criminal. You know, right? So the, as far as the pay to the players, if they change the law, then nothing in Arizona did is illegal. Right. <laughs> There, there is kind of a yeah. There's sort of a weird thing right now where all of this is okay if you just change the law, and it doesn't really change the games that were played. It doesn't change whether or not that that kid was good at basketball or not. It doesn't change any of that. That's exactly right. It, it's not like a performance enhancing. I was gonna say it's not like a performance enhancing drug. It's not a steroid or something like that. No, it's not. That's the thing. They, it's simply a law that they have, and it's an antiquated law, and. Obviously, some of it, obviously, you see all the stuff that's going on under the table anyways. And it's, it's almost funny is you, you actually have the coaches and uh, the assistants and the players, they breaking the law to do something that should be done anyways. There's a lot of people making money off of college basketball right now, and none of, yeah. it's, none of it, at least legally, is the players. That's exactly right. And so how is that even possible. I just don't understand in, in my brain that doesn't even work out. The product that you put on the court is is what's making all the money and they don't get any of it. Yeah. I mean there, there's no other you know? there's no other place in the business world or anywhere where the people producing the product are getting paid nothing while other people who aren't <laughs> producing the product are getting not just like making some money but getting rich, man. You you you're exactly right, man. It's, it's something that obviously I'm, I'm hoping this this promotes it to change. So there's good out of this. I mean, I mean, sometimes the the, the what's the saying that light so the, the light comes after the you know the dark or the dawn or whatever. And right. So maybe right. maybe it takes yeah. something like this to to get to that to that good spot in college basketball. I'm I'm, I'm really hoping it does because I can recall a situation where I mean I had transferred uh, obviously couldn't receive benefits. Yeah. And you know I could I could uh, barely afford to eat at McDonald's. And I was on a billboard in the city, and I'm like, "This is crazy." You know, but that was the that was the rules, and you know, we had to abide by the rules. Driving by a billboard with your picture on it, inviting the whole community to come out and spend their money, right? And you're you're sitting there like, "All right, do I supersize it or or not?" Because yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> if I go better supersize this big black girl or not? <laughs> All right, man. Well, th- that's good stuff. Let me let me talk some Lobo hoops now. Do you are you able to follow okay. Are you able to follow them a little bit? I follow them a little bit, you know, especially when we have to cover them. Yeah. Um, but we, I follow so many teams. I, mean, I probably shouldn't. I don't know as much as, as about them as I should. But you have, um, obviously, through the years, I know you came back for the All-Star game that uh, that Brandon Mason mm-hmm. and Cameron Berstow put together and stuff yes. like that. And, and you, you follow them some. And have you been yes, able to definitely. have you been able to talk with Coach Weir or kind of just from afar watch what he's done this year with the program? And, and if so, what do you what's your general thought on what he's doing? Uh, I think I had one conversation with him earlier, uh, just kind of congratulating him. Um, and I, as I follow it from afar, it's, it's funny because I have so many ties uh, to his staff. Yeah, Jerome. You know, I'm really good friends with Brandon Mason. I played with I played with Jerome Robinson at Bradley. Uh, well, Jerome was there before I came, but I know Jerome. Yeah. Um, I'm going to ask you about I'm going to ask you about Jerome here in a minute, but and then David. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. So and then Coyote. That's right. You know. So. so uh, well, he's surrounding himself then with with some people that you you're familiar with. Then does that in any way give you some kind of confidence about maybe the direction or maybe just some familiarity with the program that you like? It, it definitely gives me a lot of confidence because I know football, basketball, everything. 
everyone there is very, very passionate about it. And when I, when I'm so familiar with a lot of the staff, there's nowhere for them to go but up. You know, they have to get better because all those guys that uh, Coach Weir is surrounding himself with, uh, they're great character guys. All right, let me ask you about those guys you do know on the staff then. You, you, let's start with Brandon Mason, and I'll, and I'll tell you, I went to school with Brandon Mason at New Mexico State, so you, just a warning, you're talking to an Aggie. And, uh, gotcha, no, and, no and, and so did you and Mace ever, I don't think you and Mace ever crossed paths on the court, did you? No, uh, he was it for him. Yeah. <laughs> no, we, we never crossed paths actually on the court. Uh, it was all off the court, but we developed, uh, I mean, a great relationship, and, um, I've known Mace for years, a uh, great recruiter, a uh, great assistant. Um, and he even helped run my camps for a few years while I was trying to do it in, when I was doing it in Mexico when I was uh, young uh, in the NBA. So uh, we've, we've always had a great relationship. Mace does that a lot, right? I mean, like, he he, he, does. he reaches out to a lot of, I mean, Lobo, he certainly has crossed, I guess, the party lines when he's uh, an Aggie that's reached out to a lot of Lobos. But he, he has connections with people he never played with. He does. He does, and, and that's one of his talents, I think. He has a, a really likable personality, um, and it, a lot of people gravitate toward him because of that personality. Yeah. Uh, just, a, just a great guy, uh, love his family, uh, he works hard, and, you know, when, some, when a person has that personality as a magnet, it's easy for him to maintain relationships and uh, establish new ones as well. All right, so he he graduated a year before you got there, but who was the better Bradley basketball player, Jerome Robinson or Danny Granger? I'll tell you what, next time you ask Jerome, you ask him that. <laughs> and if he tell you anything, if he tell you it was, it was him, he's crazy. No, I'm just kidding. He, he, he had a better career. Jerome, you know, he was a little bit older. He played longer than I did at Bradley. Uh, you know, but I remember when I came in as a freshman, he still was around. Uh, we, I got to hang out with him, and, you know, that's what we, when we established our relationship. Uh, but he's a great guy, man. He, he really is. Uh, kind of took us under a wing. We were all young freshmen, 17, 18 years old, uh, showing us the ropes in Peoria, Illinois at the time. So uh, we do have a great relationship. He had, he had a great career at, at Bradley and went overseas and had a good career as well. I know that senior season he uh, averaged like 16 or something like that. And, and from what yeah. I hear, he could defend. He was a pretty good defender. He, he really could. You know, uh, they called him fly boy. <laughs> yeah? Fly, dude, he could, over one foot, he could jump through the well, you guys also then both had the connection with with Broussard. You still you still stay in touch with uh, Dwayne Broussard? Yes, I do. I talked to uh, Dwayne. Uh, I probably talked to Dwayne months ago, probably four or five months ago. I talked to him. You know, he's in the midst of you know recruiting and doing his thing at UCLA, and we keep in touch. So, uh, he, me and him have always had a outstanding relationship from when I was. 17 years old when he started recruiting me yeah. uh, down in New Orleans. You know, he's the one that really found me down there, uh, kind of a diamond in the rough, you know. Those connections, and it kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier, but those connections, they, they can go one of two ways, but the the good recruiters and, and the really good connections with, with kids of that age, I mean, they, they are li- lifetime kind of things, right? It really is. It really is because uh, I kind of, he, he helped me through uh my adulthood, growing into adulthood, you know, as a young kid, uh, you leave the house of your parents and you've never been on your own. And when you go to a college program, you kind of lean on the assistant coaches, not even their coaches, the assistants, because they, they do a lot of the heavy lifting as far as making sure the players are taken care of, making sure we have everything that we need, uh, dealing with any problems that arise. So uh, the relationship is inevitable to be very, very strong. 
right, I would. I got to ask you now about David Coyote because he is. He's not an official assistant coach now, but he's on the support staff. I think his title is director of player development. He's he bangs with these guys, man. Like you could tell his knees aren't what they once were. Maybe his back isn't quite what it once was, but but he still gets physical with these guys, man. Yeah, man. Listen, D- David is an outstanding human being. I love David Kiyoti. Uh Obviously, I had the best relationship with him. I spent the most time with him throughout my career at New Mexico. And he's just a great guy, man. I remember the moment I stepped on the campus. Um, he he welcomed me immediately. Uh, we established a, a great relationship. Uh, I, I knew him and his wife before, way before they was married, when they had just started dating. Um, you know, we have a lot of history. We had a lot of fun nights, a lot of of crazy days in Albuquerque and other cities as well where we travel. Um, and it's just a vine among uh, college basketball players. And not just Kyo, the other players on that team too as well. But it's a vine that really can't be broken. And, and you know, when I heard he got the position, that I was so happy for him. Because I'm like, well, that's definitely going to help the Lobos. Because uh, Dave, you know, not only his experience as far as being a, a high-quality player, but uh, his character. You know, you don't find too many people – uh, with such great character, he definitely has that. Did he ever in practice uh, get into it a little too physical with you? Because every of now and then, he's a he's a he's a tough dude, isn't he? Oh man, listen, he is made of bricks. <laughs> that guy is so. I mean, we got to it a bunch of times at practice, and that's one of the reasons why I respect him so much. You know, he, I, I wasn't going to back down, and he wasn't going to back down. And um, you know, we, we had a, we had a very high level of respect for each other. And yeah, David Dave was no joke in college. Trust me. <laughs> So he's, he, will, he, he, will bru- he will bruise you up. <laughs> so he told me I, when he first got here, like a week or so on the job, I actually talked to him and Mace because they actually did play each other um, one one time when it was a New Mexico State and a UNM rivalry. And uh, I, I said, do you guys still have that rivalry a little bit? And, and they, they talked about bumping each other in the hallways and stuff like that. And uh, they obviously they, they get along, but they still got a little Aggie Lobo bad blood in them a little bit. So. All right, man. So uh, that senior year, though, when you played with Coyote, and we're t- we're getting ready to go to the Mountain West tournament next week for the for the Lobos, uh, you and you and Coyote had a you guys had a run there your senior year, twenty six win season. Do you remember? Do you remember the Mountain West tournament that senior year? Of course, I remember it like it was yesterday. Mount, uh, you were tournament we MVP. Won the Mountain West Conference Championship. Yep, I was tournament MVP. Um, uh, I, I had a, I had a great run. The team had a great run. Um, we it all came together for us that year. You know, we had the perfect mix of experience, uh, talent, toughness, athleticism. Uh, and I mean, we had a guy on our team, Alfred Neal, who was a long jump champ or a high jump champion uh, in high school. So uh, we, we we had a very good team that year. Uh, and one thing I think that stood out in my mind was how close we were. Uh, we were really connected while we were on the road. Uh, we we had dinners together, Coach Coach McKay. Richie McKay at the time, he yeah. made sure to uh, keep us close as a unit. You know, we, we ate meals together. We would go over to his house for meals. Um, in the dorms, off campus, we were always together as a team, and I think that contributed to our success on the court because uh, we, we really were playing for each other. In college, I know it's a cliche, but, I mean, you surely ain't playing for no money. So <laughs> yeah. You're really only playing for each other. <laughs> well, through the years you know? at, at all the levels you've played at then, are, are the best teams you've you've been on the ones that were the closest i know sometimes there's an exception where teams don't have to get along but they still might click on the court but were the best teams you were on at every level were those always the teams that were the closest it, it, it really was uh, from college to the nba 
And, and, and you're right. You're not going to always get along with your teammates, and you still could win doing it that way. Uh, but for the most part, is is a lot is a lot uh, more enjoyable yeah. if you do it with a team that you have a bond with. Uh, and, and that's tough to come by in the NBA, which is why college was so uh, important to myself and a lot of former players. They'll tell you a lot of their best years were in college because you you build bonds, yeah. um, you build uh, relationships that that transcended anybody getting uh, paid a higher salary than you do. Well, which look. In, professional sports that exists trust me or there's a lot of learning about yourself too i would think there is there is you're going into a manhood yeah. you know they we we have you know by legal terms we're 18 as a man but that's yeah. just not true you know you really don't become a man until you're about 22 23 in right. my mind so all those years in college uh that you spend you develop into a man you're developing responsibilities you're learning what you should and should not do and when you go through all of that together with under young men uh, it has a big impact on how you view those men in the future. All right, I'm going to rattle off some quick numbers here before we wrap up. You guys, that Mountain West tournament year went through BYU, San Diego State, and Utah. And those are, mm-hmm. you know, Mountain West. Th- those were some of the, the starting programs of the of the conference. And uh, I know two of, those, yep. two of them are gone now. But you averaged in that Mountain West tournament 24.3 points, 11 rebounds, 3.7 assists, 3 points or three blocks a game and 1.7 steals. And then in the championship game against Utah, who was the number one seed, you had 28 points and 11 rebounds. That's not a bad little run. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. You know, it was, I, I, you know, I knew that that was my uh, opportunity uh, to uh, take the team to the next level because, to be honest with you, Utah was the better team. Mm-hmm. Uh, per se, had had a better season. They had uh, Bogut was the number one pick that year, and they were they were really good, well coached team. Um, but I knew that I could be the X factor um, because you know if I if I rose brought my game to another level, I thought you know we could actually win this thing, yeah. and, and we did. And my teammates, I mean, <laughs> credit to them, dude, they stepped up a lot. I mean, Mark Walters hit some big shots, Alfred Neal hit some big shots, Kyoti had shut down Bogut, you know, yeah. and. Uh, we, we brought it together, and we won that thing. I just had to score the ball, and they did everything else. Well, outside of that tournament, then, is there one thing you remember from that that season, or was there any moment you remember that kind of stands out that maybe the fans won't look back on and say, oh, yeah, I remember that game, but was there something that stands out to you that about that season? Yeah, it, it was. It was um, we're playing pickup, uh, and this was just among the team, so the season was uh, about to start. Or Actually, I think it was in a practice. And it, it signified the moment. It signified our mutual respect for each other. So I was the star of the team, and uh, you know, so I was I was uh, one of the captains. I had the responsibility of making sure you know everybody performed at a high level, and I got the most attention. So, uh, but that didn't that didn't weigh on me to the point where I thought I was above discipline or above uh, correction, you know, because. I understood that it was all about winning, and my teammates understood that as well. We had the perception, we don't care who gets the recognition, we just want to win. So there was a situation in practice where I'm guarding somebody, and uh, I was one of the better defenders, to be honest with you. And I think it was uh, Alfred, Neil, and Troy, and they were just torching me, just torching me in practice, right? I mean, one of those things where I I couldn't get a stop. If I to save my life, I couldn't stop. They were just torturing me, and so Mark and Kyoti they come up to me, and they, they say, "Danny, you know, you gonna have to pick it up. If you can't guard him, 
you know, we're going to have to put somebody else on him that can guard him. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, dude, in my mind, you know, or what someone could say is like, hey, man, I'm scoring all these points, dude. I'm tired or whatever. But I was like, you know what? Y'all right. If I can't guard him, we're going to have to put somebody else on him that guard him. And and it, it... it got me back. It kicked me in gear, you know? Well, I was going to say, that's sort of what we were talking about in that growing up stage. There's a part of you that wanted to say, look, man, I'm, I'm Danny. You're telling Danny Granger. You're not taking Danny Granger off of this. <laughs> but but the reality was you knew it, though, right? I, I knew it, and I wasn't I wasn't playing up to the potential that I could. And they called me on it, you know? Uh, and and you, you can't do nothing but respect that and love that, that your teammates – uh, have that bit of a relationship with you. They'll be like, look, man, you're not getting it done. Because usually that comes from the coach. You know, the coach is always calling people out. But when your teammates start calling you out, you got one or two ways to respond to it. You can take offense or you can say, hey, you know what, y'all right. I'm going to get the job done and I'm going to play harder. And that's what I did, you know, and, I, and, I, and I, I started playing better. But it was always great to have that type of respect among all of us when any one of us could tell each other that nobody's going to get their feelings hurt. We're going to respond and get the job done. That's awesome, man. That's good to hear. And that, that is what, you know, the kind of guy that I think David Coyote is and trying to bring with these guys now. I see him kind of sort of trying to teach those kind of things. Like, don't be afraid to, to call out a teammate if it's necessary. No. Call them out. Call, yep. You have to, man. You can't, you can't be buddy-buddy. you got to call them out if you're trying to accomplish one goal, you know? Yep. All right, Danny, what's what's next for you? I know you're a busy guy. you got a lot of stuff going on that's not just CBS Sports Network. What, what else you got going on, and what's your future? So uh, I, I run a real estate company uh, outside of a financial firm that we specialize in real estate. So I, I built that company up over the last uh, seven or eight years. So I do that when I'm not broadcasting. But and that's based out of Arizona? That, Is that Arizona, right? And it's based out, it's based, it's based out of Arizona, right? Granger and Brown Investments. All right. So that's kind of like my, my, my baby. Uh, <laughs> but for the most part, I enjoy doing my, my CBS broadcast work as well. And uh, the rest is just raising my kids. I have three, uh, three young children with my wife, who I met in New Mexico, and uh, that, that's all I do, man. And uh, I enjoy uh, playing in the NBA for all that time. But uh, you know, I'm in another stage now, and I'm, I'm very happy. You watch the NBA much? Every now and then, you know. Mm-hmm. Every now and then, uh, I keep up with it. The game is on, and I'll, I'll pop it on, see, see who's doing what, and I keep up with some of the stuff on social media. Uh, but for the most part, you know. I'm over it. Yeah. You know, I, I won't take any time out of my schedule to make sure I watch a big rivalry game or something like that. It's just the NBA. It was fun while I played, but it was my whole life. So I don't know. Maybe in two, three years, I'll be watching every game. Who but, knows? but you can walk, right? You're not. You don't. You didn't get out too late. You got out in time, where your knees. Your I knees got out are... in time. I got, nah, I'm not going to be running up and down the court anymore. Or <laughs> running pretty much at all. I bike. <laughs> you know, I ride my bike and stretch. So I'm not going to be doing no high intense physical activity, but. I got out uh, in time, uh, you know, able to retire at a young age uh, and live a little comfortable life. All right, man. Danny, hey, I appreciate the time. This has been great. I know a lot of Lobo fans are going to love listening to this, and uh, they're going to look forward. Are you going to be on or in the studio during the tournament, or is it just this week that you're in New York? I'll be, on, I'll be in the studio during the tournament, too, so they'll, they'll see me. All right. I'll be right there behind the, behind the desk. Well, I will, let, uh, I will let our readers at the Albuquerque Journal know that you'll be on the studio call, and... Uh, They'll be looking out for you, man. Uh, I appreciate the time, and this is good, man. I appreciate it. Okay. We'll talk. Okay. All right, man. We'll, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks a lot, Danny. Okay. All right, bye. All right, there you go. There's Danny Granger, the former NBA All-Star, former UNM Lobo, and current CBS Sports Network 
employee and I appreciate Danny for giving me the time and, and sharing so many, uh, so many stories and so many opinions about college basketball. That was fun. Uh, hope to do it again with Danny and some other former Lobos, but now for now, let's go to part two of this episode six of the talking grammar podcast. And this is the interview I had with my daughter, Jaden grammar, the other talking grammar of Albuquerque. So here it is. Jaden gets to gloat a little bit because she's beating her dad in picking Mountain West College basketball games this year. And here you go, my conversation with my daughter, Jaden. Jaden, how are you doing? Very well. <laughs> how are you, Dad? I'm doing good. Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday night. I just got to Denver, and instead of recording this before I left, uh, we decided to go ahead and do it tonight when I'm in a hotel room uh, before the Lobos play Colorado State tomorrow night. And the reason I have this very special guest, Jaden Grammer, on my Talking Grammar podcast is because, well, frankly, she's kind of in some trouble right now. All season long, as many of you know on Twitter, I post picks before every game and I make my prediction who's going to win the game. And of course, uh, when I make these picks, I sometimes do okay, sometimes do not so good. And this year I decided it would be fun to have my daughter join along with me and flip a coin just to show how stupid this whole thing is because anybody can pick a game. And little did I know that heading into the final week of the season, which we're in right now, my daughter flipping a coin is beating me. Jaden, you know you're in trouble, right? I guess. <laughs> what do you what how does it make you feel to know you're beating your dad in this picking games all season long? Makes me feel good cuz he does this for a living and I don't do any of it. <laughs> what? Why does that make you feel good? Because I like to kick my dad's butt. You're, see, you're just getting yourself in bigger and bigger trouble now. And what about, let's see, I think it was, was it two years ago you did your first March Madness bracket? Do you remember doing that with me? Yes. Why don't you tell everybody uh, how that turned out when two years ago you did your first one? Who won, me or you? And how did you beat me? It was my first time. Yeah, how did you beat me? How did you pick games when you don't even follow college basketball? Something had to help you figure out, okay, I'm going to pick this team to win this game or that team to win that game. How did you figure it out? Because my dad searched the mascot on the computer, and I picked which one I liked the best. And that was it? And was that it? That's how you beat me? Yes, and that's it. And why don't you tell everybody what I do for a living? Because a lot of people listening to this probably already know what I do for a living, but I just want them to understand what your understanding of what your dad does for a living. What do I do? You write to the Albuquerque Journal, and they, um, you're a sport. Writer. Right. And what kind of sports do I cover mostly? What sport is it that I cover that I'm traveling around to cover? 
basketball. Right. So you think I know something about this, wouldn't you? Yeah. <laughs> and do you tell anybody at school that you're beating your dad at this? Yeah, in fact, they told Miss Q. Yeah, what did Miss Q say? Which is my teacher. Yeah, what did Miss Q say when you told her you were beating me? Yeah, because I, I do this for a living, and you're embarrassing me. Yeah. You're embarrassing your dad by beating me at these picks. <laughs> yes. All right. Yes, well, I'm going to catch you because you, right, as of right now, uh, there's a game Tuesday night as we're recording this. You picked one team. I picked the other, so maybe I'll gain one on you. And um, before this game Tuesday night, you were beating me by three, by three wins. And... Um, I'm going to catch you. Don't don't worry about it. I'm going to catch you. And if I don't, you're grounded until you're 20. How does that sound? Well, that will be a long time. Yeah. Why don't you tell everybody how old you are, Jaden? I'm eight. And as an eight, yeah. what's that? So uh, 12 years of being grounded. At least, maybe more. If you don't, if you, if you beat me in the March Madness pool, you're going to be grounded for even more than twelve years. Um, all right. So, what do you? Uh, let's see. Let's tell some people just a little bit about you, and then we'll let you go. Right now, I know you're in the third grade, and you're loving school. You're a straight A student. Um, all the stuff that makes dad proud. But why don't you tell people what you've been doing this past year that you really like? Where we take you to class, and you just started about a less than a year ago, actually. Dancing. Yeah? How do you like it? I like it a lot. Are you any good at it? I'm very good at it. You're almost as good as your dad. You don't even do it. Oh, I can do it. You don't think your dad can dance? Mm, you can dance, but I don't... I don't think you could flamenco dance. Oh, I can do it. I, that's it. When I get back, I'm showing you all my moves, all my flamenco moves, and we'll see who the better flamenco dancer is. You might be the better basketball game picker, but your dad is going to be the best flamenco dancer in the house. That's it. Oh, my gosh. All right, buddy. I'm going to let you go. Um, I know you got to get to sleep, and you got to get to school tomorrow. Um, I miss you, girls, and I love you a lot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love you, too. I hope so. <laughs> All right, buddy. Anything you want to... Go ahead. What were you saying? You go. I, I was just going to say, is there anything you want to tell the people that listen to, to this Talking Grammar podcast and that, that follow uh, follow the picks that you've been beating me with all year? Is there anything you want to tell everybody? Well, you should just get a coin, flip it, and that's what I do. Really? That, that's it? I, I, yeah. I have a lucky coin, though. But I'm sure all you guys can find a lucky coin. I don't know about that. Apparently, your lucky coin is, like, really lucky because you're doing really, really good. So I I do hope everybody listening to this finds finds a lucky coin for themselves, too. But um, 
I'll tell you what, if you keep beating me, I'm going to have to find that coin and I'm going to spend it. You'll never catch my coin. Oh, I'm going to catch it, buddy. All right. Why don't you get off and uh, go to sleep and I will see you in a couple days, okay? Okay. All right, Jaden. I love you. What about... What's up? What about the This is it. I told you I'm going to call you and record it, and this is it. That's all it is. You it? I've been recording all of this. Oh. That's the mad, the magic of podcasting, is I just sat here and hit a little button and started recording. Now that, oh. now that you know I'm recording, is there something different you want to say? Like, Dad, I'm so sorry I'm beating you at picking games. I'll never pick another right game. I don't want to embarrass you in front of all the people who read you. Um, and then maybe you won't be grounded. Is that what you want to say? Mm, maybe something a little more like this. <laughs> I'm beating you. All right, you're grounded till you're 30. I'll talk to you later, princess. I love you too. Bye. Bye. All right, there you go. There was my conversation with my daughter. And I appreciate you indulging me with some silliness there. And uh, she is grounded till she's at least 20. I haven't decided whether or not she'll be grounded um, until she's 30 or not. But it looks like it's headed that way. She certainly likes to talk a little trash to her dad. And and, uh, I will not stand for that. I will not have any of that. She is embarrassing me. Picking these games better than I am. So... Anyway, I appreciate you listening to that. I appreciate you listening to this whole podcast, the first part with Danny. Certainly appreciate Danny finding the time to uh, to have a conversation with me. And if you enjoy this, let me know. I, I obviously get some feedback from you guys on social media. Continue doing that. Email me, ggrammar at abqjournal.com. Let me know what you think. And uh, if you don't mind, let my bosses know too. So far, these podcasts I've been doing on my own time and uh, maybe... Some feedback to the bosses will let them know we should uh, be working to incorporate this more into the regular part of my job. So reach out to them too. shoot them an email, tell them whether or not you like it. Or if you don't let them know and maybe we can uh, maybe we can fix some things or or maybe, you know, they can they can hear the good and the bad. So uh, whatever you feel like, reach out. Let me know what you think. Let my bosses know what you think. And hopefully we got some more. I already have episode seven all recorded. I got to put it together. Some senior night stuff that uh, the Lobos play Saturday night. So there'll be a quick turnaround before the next episode should be up in the next 24 hours or so. And again, I appreciate you listening. Take a look online and, and every day in the Albuquerque Journal. Take a look at abqjournal.com slash sports for our Lobo basketball coverage. And obviously we've got a ton of great coverage coming from the rest of the staff too for high school basketball tournament, which starts this weekend, and then the major part of it in the pit next week. So got a lot of good stuff brewing with the Albuquerque Journal right now and the sports department. Uh, Again, thanks. I appreciate you guys listening. Appreciate the feedback. And this has been another episode of the Talking Grammar Podcast. Thanks for listening.